Amen. Yeah. So great to be with you today. Celebrating this amazing day of resurrection celebration. So good. Today we begin our uh, two services, as you all know. We're going to have a service at 11 o'clock as well. We are live at the Gospel Rescue Mission right now. And we are also, yes, going to be live at uh, in Yuma. So it's great to be with you all and everybody else that's at home that's uh, joining us virtually. So grateful for the uh, tools that God has blessed us with that we can do that. But also want you to know that uh, as we've developed and then your gifts and contributions for the sound and different things that the online sound was already better last week. I heard it with the new stuff in here and then the board will be in there within the next two weeks. I'm kind of putting a date on it uh, for those guys that will help mix that. So Two things I want to share with you. Ladies that are from the Gospel Rescue Mission, both homes, different places and locations there. We want you to take a rose with you when you go home today. Just one for you, not the people that aren't here uh, or someone back there that you love. Tell them you love them and then tell them come back next week with you, okay? But if you're from the mission, we want you to take a, a rose with you when you leave today to just celebrate this Resurrection Sunday. And then also those of you ladies that are... Um, um, Hmm, let me see how I'm going to say that. I was going to say uh, seniors are, and I was going to put a number on it, and I'm not going to do that. If you are a, if you are an elder lady, how's that? Uh, please take one with you. Okay, God bless you, and thank you for being with us. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for Jesus. God, the, your spirit is amazing, and we thank you for all you do for us, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know... Christmas is an amazing time of year and the Spirit of God is free and it's definitely there. It is. And it's different at that season because of what we do as we look that God came for us. He came for us. And Easter is the same way. And the thing that I love about Easter is it hasn't been taken and made a public holiday in the sense like Christmas has where people can lose the reality of what it really means. There's no missing what's happening this weekend and Resurrection Sunday celebration as we work together and worship together and came here on Good Friday. And so celebrating what God has done and what God has planned, church, this is God's incredible plan that he's had from the beginning. So a lot of people, they like say, well, did God create sin? No, God created us to be in a loving relationship with him and love requires a choice. It requires a choice. Mandated love is not love. All right? So love demands a choice. I choose to love. I have to make that decision. See, love is an, a commitment. That's what it is. It's not an emotion or a feeling. It's a commitment. When I asked my wife to marry me, well, she was my girlfriend when I asked her. She wasn't my wife yet. But I asked her to marry me. Well, I was asking her, will you come and be in a relationship with me and no one else? Right? Okay. So God, in his creation, said, Adam and Eve, will you love me more than anything else? Will you do what I say? Will you obey me? Will you walk with me? Will you have a living relationship with me? And if you will, I'll give you all of this except that one thing. So choose to serve me. Choose to serve me. That's what he asked. Right? Absolutely, brother. All right, stop right now, buddy. You want to walk outside with the security, we can have you go. I remember you. It's all about Jesus, brother. 
So here's what God said right here. Alright. Alright. The enemy's a liar. And he don't like the truth. So hey brother, in the name of Jesus I rebuke you. In Jesus' name I rebuke you. Alright, I'm just going to ask you to step outside, but Thank you, man. I do know the truth. It's all about Jesus. The truth is Jesus Christ is Lord. Thank you. Yeah. I love the Lord. He's amazing. The enemy's a liar, and he's been defeated. He always has been, always will be. All he has is a big mouth. All right. So as we're moving along here in this obedience thing, he's saying you can do all this except that one thing, right? Everything but this one thing. And so what Adam and Eve did is they chose not to be in relationship with God. Instead, they chose their own way. Now, God, in all of his infinite wisdom, knew they would, but he did not destine them to make that choice. This is where we get a little bit confused in things. So let's move forward. God, knowing things, had a plan in place for us because he knew we'd screw it up. And if it wasn't Adam and Eve, it would have been me and you. Right? This is the amazing thing about our God. As we read the scriptures in Exodus chapter 12, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with the bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roasted over fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Man, that is amazing stuff. Church, just pause for a second. Don't get lost and distracted by anything else. Listen to what God just revealed to us through a ceremony that he gave to his people as he birthed them from slavery into new life. God himself provided judgment and redemption in the same moment. Judgment and redemption in the very same moment. 
Think about it. Let that just sink in. See, the blood of the lamb had to be placed on the household to be passed over, while the absence of blood equaled judgment. Redemption and judgment, all in one sacrifice. Someone was going to pay with a life. Pretty amazing stuff, isn't it? Church, please hear this. There was no in-between. There was no partial covering. There was only one way. There was only one way. You know what way that was? God's way. See, all the gods of Egypt had their ways and God defeated every single one of them. In the plagues that He brought against Egypt, He was striking down their gods and He said, there's only one God. There's only one way. It is the blood of the Lamb and that alone will save you. That was God's plan. It's amazing. Listen to the words that He said to us right here. The blood will be a sign to you. Think about that. It doesn't say God said it'll be a sign to me. God said it'll be a sign to you. God was doing something. He was showing us something tangible and physical and real. He said, I'm giving you a sign so that you know and you see the blood. Man, God's amazing, isn't he? We, the people, must realize that through this sign, the blood that was required to escape God's judgment, life for a life. A sign is not the answer in itself. It brings a realization of a message. Think about it. God's saying to us, look, I've got something and I'm showing you something and I want you to see what I'm doing. God was doing something. God is doing something. God is giving a sign and He's saying, here it is. Church, death was in every house in Egypt. Death was in every house in Egypt. It was either the death of the Lamb or the death of the firstborn. But death came. Life for a life is what God demands. You see, judgment came. Judgment came either upon the sacrificial lamb or upon the firstborn. Judgment came. Only the blood saved those in the house. That is amazing. See, in the judgment, there is righteousness. It is in the judgment that we are found free. <sighs> See, the Passover is celebrated by Jewish people today. And it was celebrated by Jesus and his disciples. And the last one he celebrated with them is now what we in the church call the Last Supper. Okay? I'm going to read that account in Luke chapter 22, and we're just going to read a couple passages there just so we can tie this together. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. All right, so it's the Passover. Passover. Jumping down to verse 14. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Just, just stop for a second. When the hour came, God's moment. God's timing in all of history 
when the hour came, Jesus said, this is the moment. They were still clueless. But God said, this is the moment. This is the moment. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. (laughs) Jesus was announcing to us and he was telling them, the Passover is being made real Today, right now, the realization of what God planned from the beginning is being revealed in this very moment. You're going to understand this. Jesus is teaching and he's showing and he's saying, this is the way, the fulfillment of the plan of God laid out from the foundation of the world. Jesus knew he was the Passover lamb. Three years before that moment where Jesus said, this is the one, He is introduced in his ministry life. Jesus comes to John the Baptist to be baptized. Do you remember? John chapter 1. John sees Jesus approaching along the riverside. And what does he say prophetically by the anointing of God? Behold, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God. God's perfect plan. This was not Passover season. There was God's plan and He revealed that by the Holy Spirit over the prophet John. And He said, there He is. There is the Lamb. Man, God's awesome. See, when we look back in history and we see the pieces of God's plan unfold and fall into place, nothing is a coincidence. Everything is perfect in God's time. God's perfect time, which is long in human time. (laughs) And it is slow in developing in our process. (laughs) When we study the Old Testament timelines, and you look back at the Exodus, from the time that Jesus would say, This is the moment, this is the Passover going all the way back to Exodus when God instituted the first verse. I have a hard time remembering last week, all right? Seriously. Y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like 1,500 years. God put this plan together before time began. But then he says to Moses, look, I want you to do this because I'm doing something. There's so much in this, it's crazy does not have a life for him. He is eternal. And our human brains can't comprehend that. We, we really can't. When we think about, you know, everlasting God to everlasting God, we get confused. And it's like, that doesn't make sense. What, what was God doing before he created earth? Well, he was doing something, I promise you. And when we get to heaven, we'll find out what it was that he was doing. And God has plans after we join Him in heaven. I guarantee you, He's got other things He's doing because He's God. He's Creator God. He's amazing. He is. But see, there's no end of life to Him. So like when we're so wrapped up in our moment, God's not wrapped up in our moment. He's wrapped up in His plan. And so He sees His plan outside of our moment. But we're always trying to rush God into our moment. (laughs) We're trying to put him on our calendar and our time frames and our schedules. And we're telling him how he needs to unfold his plan right now because 
I mean, I'm 58, I think. I have to do the math, but <laughs> it gets harder and harder the older you get, you know. <laughs> so it's like, God, you know, if I live the normal life, I only got 20 more years, so you got a lot to do. <laughs> and I think you ought to speed up the process. Let's go back to the first Passover for a minute. See, the Passover, as you know, was the final plague against the gods of Egypt. And it was through this Passover that people left their life of slavery and became a new people. Free. I mean, 400 years of bondage, slavery. And all of a sudden, in one moment, because of the blood of the Lamb, they were free. All they'd ever known was slavery. All they'd ever known was a taskmaster. All they'd ever known was, do what I say. And all of a sudden, God says, you're free. That's why some of us get confused when we come to Jesus. Like, wait a minute, all my life I've been a slave. I've been in bondage. I don't even know how to live like that. I don't know what that means. They struggled with it. See, the people that God set free struggled with it. Listen, they were free. They were free. They were free to live as God's people. They were free to be a holy people unto God. Let's listen to what the Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. See that life for life thing right there? Saying like Jesus did this, now you have received life through him. Now you're going to live a new life with him. You've passed from the life of slavery and bondage into a new life of God's people. The parallel from the Passover to the moment of Christ is amazing because it's God. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The exodus has taken place in our life. The blood of Christ has set us free. We're no longer slaves to sin. Come on, church. No longer slaves to sin. Christ has set us free. Looking at that amazing parallel of the old life of sin and slavery and the new life that God has for us, we no longer need to live back there. Stop bragging about what you used to be because you were broken. You were a slave. You were in bondage. Makes me sick that sometimes Christians brag about their sinful past. Come on, you were broken, man. You did not have a good life. You didn't. Neither did they. And while they were living in freedom, some of them couldn't let go of the brokenness of their past. The security they felt in their brokenness. Because now they were living in an unknown world. 
experiencing something new. And they weren't comfortable in the new. You're not always going to be comfortable in the new life with Christ because it's new and you're not a slave. My son was talking about, when he was talking about this, he's like, I came to church and I felt free. I remember when I gave my life to Christ and at the end of a service, I didn't feel conviction. It was weird. I was like so used to feeling guilty for my sinful life that when I stood there in church and the altar call was coming, I was like, I'm supposed to go forward. I know I am, but I don't feel nothing. (laughs) I had to get used to living in the freedom Christ bought for me. That I was no longer in bondage to sin and I didn't need to go forward. God was in my heart and I was a new creation. That's an amazing thing. See, we're made free by the blood of the Lamb. The people around us have not accepted this new life. They're living in sin. Some of your family members, you may be with them today. Some of your roommates, some of the people, well, many of the people we work with, many of the people around us, they're still living in bondage. We are called by God to let them know there is a new life available to them that has been purchased by Jesus Christ. This is what this weekend means. And this is what is meant in the scriptures. If I'd have kept reading in in 2 Corinthians like it was. But here's verse 18. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. See, we've we've got a call. All of y'all, everybody online, everybody has a call to ministry. You are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are. God himself has ordained you to be the reconciling force in the world. To be the reconciling message for people to be made right with God. This is what it says. I'm going to go on reading verse 19. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us This wonderful message of reconciliation. Isn't that awesome? So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Yeah, it's amazing. See, people need to know that Jesus Christ is the one and only Savior of the world. The one and only. There's no partial. There's no some other way. From Just like the blood of the Lamb, it's either life or death. It's all in Jesus. We're called to live this new life as His people so that God might plead and call through us, come to God. There's no other way. This is not a religious experience. It's a relationship with the created universe made possible through the blood of Jesus Christ. A new people. The redemptive plan of God fulfilled in Christ. This is why Jesus died on the cross and this is what he said. Looking back to Good Friday, when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. God's plan. God's sacrifice. It is finished finished and he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit it was the day of preparation and the jewish leaders didn't want the bodies hanging there the next day which is the sabbath 
and a very special Sabbath because it was Passover week. Isn't that amazing how God's calendar is perfect? Amazing. So they asked Pilate to hasten their deaths by ordering that their legs be broken. Then their bodies could be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water flowed out. In parentheses, John writes this. This report is from an eyewitness giving an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you also may continue to believe. John says, I was there. These things happen in fulfillment of the scriptures that say, not one of his bones will be broken and they will look on the one they pierced. Looking back in Exodus chapter 12, let's listen to the instructions that was given to the children of Israel way back in Egypt. Listen to this, verse 46. Each Passover lamb must be eaten in one house. Do not carry any of its meat outside and do not break any of its bones. Is God amazing? Psalmist David writes so many years later in a Psalm 34, verse 20. The, for the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Zechariah the prophet in chapter 12 writes this. Then I will pour out, this is God's message to the prophet. Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. They will look on me whom they have pierced and mourn for him as for an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as for a firstborn son who has died. Church, when we look at God's plan, when we see it from the beginning, when we see it through the moment in which we live and we look into the future, God is in control. God has created a plan. God's plan is for our redemption, church. And it is a good plan. It is God's way and only God's way. It's not your and my way. It's not the world's way. It's not culture's way. It's not the American way. It's not the communist way. It's God's way and only God's way. It is Jesus and only Jesus. It is only Jesus. God's perfection. Isn't that crazy? They wanted to break their legs so that they would suffocate. You know, the only way they could breathe was to push up on the nails that they were pierced in so they could get a breath and then come back down. So break their legs so they would just suffocate and get it over with. God's plan. It is finished. Nope. No brokenness. You think that Roman soldier knew the prophecies of Zechariah when he pierced his side? Church, God is amazing. It is finished. It is finished, church. It is finished. Old to new. Slavery to freedom. What's it going to be? Man, I choose life. Jesus Christ is the Passover lamb. Those who have repented of their sin and allowed the blood of Jesus Christ to cover them have been set free from the judgment of God. God's wrath fell on Jesus Christ. 
God's wrath fell on him. He who knew no sin was made sin for us. All of it. We, we can't comprehend that. When we came in here on Good Friday, this whole week I've been just overwhelmed. I'm telling you, I didn't even know what to say. There were no words to say. There are no words to say. It's like the creator of the universe, the one who spoke it all into existence, the one who is and was and always will be, died for me. No one can grasp that. God's inviting us into this new life. And people are choosing slavery over freedom. People in the church are still going back to slavery instead of freedom. God's saying, come, come. I'm going to give you life to the full, abundant life. And we are called to share this good news with people. You're going to be with your family or somebody today. You're going to be with someone today. And if you're not with someone, call someone. You need to share this good news with them. If you have passed from death to life, shouldn't you tell somebody? My, my wife, uh, as you all know, you know, it's been a year since her cancer surgery and she had ovarian cancer. And they say, you know, it's going to come back. The kind she has comes back to you. I'm only telling you this because of what this means and what it is, right? So just please hear this. I mean, God's good. You don't have to applaud, though. Just hear me through. She goes in this week for her oncology test. They do the blood work. And we're waiting. And finally, in her portal, it opened up. uh, I think it was yesterday or Friday. I don't remember. I think it was yesterday. She opens up her portal. And, you know, the biggest, uh, the most important blood line right there was CA-125 because it is in that number that the ovarian cancer shows and says it's there, right? Okay, so last year it was like, way off the charts. We didn't know what that meant. We knew something bad was happening and they explained it to us because they give you a normal range and then your range and she was like, you know, and this is normal. So then we go in and they say, this isn't good. This is what this means, right? So check it out. It's so cool, man, the blood. So they put in her portal yesterday, normal range is 45 your range is 10. <laughs> you can fly. Go ahead. It's good. <laughs> ah, praise God, right? It's awesome. All right. But here's the thing. It's like when I, when I look at that, I, I, the, the first thing that we did is thank God. We were embracing each other in tears and just like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But the first thing we did was tell our kids, put together a little text to the family like, hey, this is what it is. This is what we got. We want them to know. I sent it to my family. I sent it to her family. I sent it to some of y'all that are in our groups, right? So I was getting the good news out. There's life in the blood. Letting them get the good news out. And it's like God saying, hey, church, look what I've done. Look at the report I've given you. No longer are you dead but you've been given life. Shouldn't we tell somebody, starting with our family, that God has given us a clean report and I'm alive and well. He is good. God is amazing. Church, get those texts sent out. Make those phone calls. Share the good news. I'm alive. 
God is good, isn't he? Oh, he's amazing. I love it. Let me pray with you. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for Jesus, for the life that you've given us in the blood, for the Passover and what it means that we have passed from slavery into freedom, from death into life. God, you're so amazing. (laughs) Stir our hearts, God, to share this good news. Lord, you're going to bring people across our path that we're going to be able to share that news with today. But Lord, we want to share it with them, not just today because it's Easter, but as we travel through the next week and following, letting them know we're alive and well. God, we love you. We thank you so much, God, for this moment. The altar's open, church. Just want you to know, if you want to come and talk to God, you want to come and make things right, the altar's always, you don't have to come forward to make things right. Make it right. Step into that freedom he has for you. And God bless you. What an amazing day. Let's go celebrate this new life that he has given to us with others. Are people coming forward to pray? So respect that as they do and let them experience that touch that God has for them here. Pray for them. And God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us as we celebrate this Resurrection Sunday. God bless you. Dismissed. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all just stay right here. Just don't, don't go until... You know the Spirit of God and you are walking together in that freedom He has for you. Lord, it's all you. It's all you, God. It's all you. Yes, Lord.